We are in the book of Colossians. Um, if you would like to turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, it's where we'll be uh, this morning. Colossians chapter 3. We are in the eighth week of our study. The eighth week today begins that third chapter. And this begins the transition. We've spoken in, in the past about the book of Colossians being the first half of the book was going to be very theologically based. And then the last half of the book, we're going to get into some very practical things. So because of what we believe, this is what we do. Okay, Because this is what we understand theologically, this is how we live practically. Okay, And that's always a good thing, by the way. If you try to live practically without, without having the theological understanding of why you're doing that, you won't do that long. And then on the flip side, if all you do is academically understand Scripture and you never practically live it out, once again, what have you done, right? So at the end of the day, it's a balance that we ought to always strike. We're in Colossians chapter 3, the title of today's sermon. Because I've not been able to get a good music reference into a sermon in a while, the title of today's sermon is simply this, Brand New Man. All right, and uh, so... I will not sing it for you, even though it is one of the most epic intros to a country song ever. And uh, shout out to the great theologians, uh, Brooks and Dunn, both of them. So anyway, um, <laughs> I'll just go ahead and get it out of the way. We'll get it out of the way. It's okay. I like music. It's all good. I like all kinds of music. I'm the only pastor, man. Like, come on. Y'all got to give me, at least give me this. I'm the only pastor that will make country music joke. I also made a Jay-Z reference, what, like six weeks ago. And Justin has a video um, of that one. I don't know. I make a Brooks and Dunn reference while wearing some Griffies on whatever. Ken Griffey, I don't know. It just, I'm a mixed bag, man. I'm trying to figure myself out. So if I, if I figure myself out, I'll let you guys know. All right? Brand new man today. Brand new man. Colossians chapter 3. And beginning in verse 1. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. If not, open up an app if you'd like to, or it'll be on the screen behind me. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, and not on things that are on the earth. For you have died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Heavenly Father, speak through your word. Holy Spirit, guide my thoughts and guide my words today. May they be your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We know from our study in Colossians that there was there was some theological error in the church. We know that there were some false teachers that had come in. <clears throat> they had brought with them false teaching. There's some of, the, some of the specifics we went over a couple of weeks ago. We know that. This portion of Scripture, this Sunday and then next Sunday, are like our transitional texts to transition us from the theological into the practical. Okay, So really it's like, this text is kind of with the first two chapters. Next Sunday's text is going to be kind of introducing the practical side of things. But Paul wanted to concisely present to us the transition of understanding what you believe 
and why you believe it, and then how do we practically apply that. And I'll be honest with you, if that's not your desire this morning as a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you to make that your desire, that you would know what you believe and why you believe it theologically, academically, and then that you would take what you, uh, who you are and why you believe it and what you believe, and you would then be able to apply that and figure out how to live this life as a follower of Jesus. I want us to see, first of all, this morning, uh, from our text here in Colossians chapter 3, I want us to see a brand new, just a second, um, I don't know why this thing keeps locking. There we go. A brand new mindset this morning. A brand new mindset. Look at the first two verses of our text. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. This text teaches us some theological truths. It teaches us that we, as followers of Jesus, have participated in the resurrection of Christ. Now, certainly, none of us bodily participated in the resurrection of, of Christ. But not in a physical sense, but we, in a spiritual sense, if you are a follower of Jesus, you've been raised to life with Christ. The gospel teaches us, and baptism shows us that we must die, be buried, and then be raised again spiritually in order to experience the new life, the new birth of a Christian. That's why we hear things like being born again. John chapter 3 is as Jesus spoke with Nicodemus. Being born again, we must die, be buried, and then be raised again in this Christian life. Paul says... That if that truly be the case, if you've been raised with Christ, and if you are an authentic follower of Jesus, if you really follow him and you really are a believer in Jesus, then you need a brand new mindset. A brand new perspective. A resurrected mindset. A regenerated mindset. A Romans 12, a renewing of your mind mindset. If you look in the text in verse 2, I want you to, well, actually in verse, in verse 1 it says, seek the things that are above. And then in verse 2 it says, set your minds. Minds. That In verse 2, that word mind in some translations is translated affections. Affections. Taken originally from the, from the original language, the word means to have understanding or to direct one's mind to a thing. And Paul says this, to set your mind, set your affections, to have a deep understanding of, to direct your minds to, to seek out the things not of this earth, but the things that are above now, I want, I want us to understand this. I do not believe this is saying that we just sit around all day and just dream about heaven. Like, oh, I was going to go to work today, but I'm just thinking about them pearly gates. I'm not going to be able to make it. I don't think that's what it's telling us today. I believe what it is telling us. I believe that it is saying that we should set our mind on the spiritual. We ought to set our minds on the things that will last 
and hold weight in eternity. Not fixating on whether it's a street of gold or streets of gold. Not if this little detail about the afterlife is true or that little detail is true. Not about the timeline of like when is this going to happen compared to when that's going to happen. No, I believe that this is to, that we are to seek the, the spiritual, ultimately seeking Christ. To know Him. To set our affection on Him. Similar, I believe, instruction was given by Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 with the Sermon on the Mount when He said this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And the point is this, is that earthly things and these, these temporary things, uh, they, they use up so much of our, our bandwidth. They, they use up so much of our time. They use up so much of our energy and so much of our, uh, of our lives. And they are going to ultimately pass away. And Paul says to the, Corinthian, to, the, to the Colossian Christians, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the spiritual Seek the eternal, not the temporary. They will ultimately pass away. Set your affection on Christ. Set your affection on him. I look at it this way. Guys, it's like, the, maybe, I'm, okay, I'm going to ask you. If you're married in here or maybe if you're dating, would you claim that you had a love at first sight appearance. Uh, Men, just answer this question honestly. You're in church. You can't be lying in church. Was it a love at first sight experience? How many of you say you had a love at first sight experience? Man, look at y'all. Oh, man. All right, all right, all right. Ladies, I I was talking to both. Ladies, anybody think you had a love at first sight? Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, But you remember... You remember when, I mean, I'm not, even, I'm not being inappropriate here at all. But remember when you would set your affection on her or him? I'm making a teenager's giggle. I'm sorry. You remember when you would just look, just gaze, all appropriately, of course. You remember the first time, you know, like, you, know, you maybe saw like a scar or something, like, because you were just interested. So, <laughs> this ain't, I'm not going to let us break out in testimony time, okay? I'm sorry. This ain't testimony time. <laughs> Anybody have like a hate at first sight? I'm just kidding. No. no. Um, <laughs> but you remember... That would often lead to, you know, phone calls and dates and communication and, but you first set your affection. You first set your mind. And Paul is saying something similar today in this text to the Colossian Christians. 
that we ought to set our affections on the spiritual, on Christ. And that's what we ought to think of. You know, uh, I see Cody back there. Cody does a lot of landscape work and a lot of, uh, what, what would you call it? You're a, uh, a doctor of horticulture. All right. Um, you're also like a designer. You know, fill in the blank. Landscape, doctor of, yeah, whatever. Uh, and then Lynn's beside him. And Lynn works in law enforcement. And then Karen's beside Lynn, and Karen works in real estate. So here we have three people that are doing three completely different things. And what Paul is saying, I believe, is go to work tomorrow and work your butt off. But don't forget to set your affection on Jesus. Sell five houses tomorrow, right? Praise the Lord. There you go. I got hands up in the back. All right, uh, you know, train, train officers and drug busts and, and make as much money. Lance, I mean, right? But at the end of the day, what Paul is saying is don't forget to set your affections. Don't forget to set your affections. He says this. That if you're a follower of Jesus and you've been raised with him, you ought to have a brand new mindset. And while all of your co-workers who don't know Jesus, what they do for a living is their identity and they're completely wrapped up in it. Paul says, no, not for you. What you do is what you do, but who you are is a follower of Jesus and to set your affections on Christ. Set your affections on him. So he needed, uh, Paul said that we needed a brand new, New mindsets. Let's seek Jesus. Let's seek the eternal. Let's seek the spiritual. Let's make decisions in our lives that will impact eternity more than it will impact the temporary and the tangible and the physical. Let's seek Jesus with a brand new mindset. But secondly, I want us to see in our text. He says, because you're a brand new you. You're a brand new you. Look at verse 3 in our text in Colossians chapter 3. Back in our text this morning. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God I will say this if you've been around me and my preaching since we launched our church you will know how this small little verse here is something that I feel very strongly about this is something that has been woven inside of my preaching uh, since day one it contains one of my Favorite theological truths. Paul says, you have died. Now Paul is obviously not speaking here of physical death. He's speaking to people that are listening to people read this letter, that are maybe even reading physically the letter. So they're physically alive. So Paul says, you have died. What is he referencing here? I think some other texts in the New Testament will help us grasp this. Okay, So Romans chapter 6 will help us. In verse 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. I believe Ephesians chapter 4 will also help us. Look at verse 20. It will be on the screen for you. 
But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So when Paul states that you have died this morning, he is referencing your old nature. Or as scripture sometimes says, your old man. This isn't your dad. <laughs> All right? um, it's your old nature or the old man. When you believe the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, your old sinful nature died. It was crucified with Christ. That's why Paul would also write in Galatians chapter 2, he would say, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says here, there's a brand new you. Here's what happened when you trusted Jesus. That old sinful nature, we've got some, some of our newborns in the room. Guess what that none of those newborn parents have to do? They do not have to teach their kids how to disobey. Those kids will be great at it. I just want to give you, Olivia, I know your daughter will be great at it. Listen, I didn't have to teach my kids to touch the hot stove after I told them not to. They were like professional sinners. There's no more professional sinner than a toddler. Right? I mean, that's a logical thought. And so, and so we, were, we were born, Romans chapter 5 tells us, because of Adam. Guys, let's be honest, Eve. Um, we, uh, we were born with a sinful nature. A nature inside of us that naturally sins by default. Him that knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. We can even sit here and not do anything. And the Bible says if you know to do good and you don't do it, it's sin. Okay, so we were born with a sinful nature. Everybody there with me? Everybody this morning, you're there with me? Okay, so this, this verse tells us, and this theological truth tells us that when we believed on the name of Jesus Christ, that our old nature, that sinful nature, that default sin, it died. It died. It didn't just go away for a little while. It died. And we were given a new nature. And we were given that new nature in the form of God's Holy Spirit who came to live with us and dwell in us. So that we are no longer slaves of sin, but we are now servants of Jesus through his Holy Spirit. And he says, I don't even call you slaves or servants. I call you sons and daughters. The theological truth here is that we are a brand new person. We have experienced the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are no longer who we say, who people say we were. Hey, Saul, you are no longer Saul. You are Paul. You have a new nature. You have been born again. Your old nature has been replaced with the new nature of God's Holy Spirit. You have been made brand new. 
And may I say this this morning? You may look in the mirror every day and you may see that old sinner that you used to be. You may see that old person that, that has all the guilt and all the, all the past and all the baggage. And you may look in the mirror and see that. But may I say this this morning? That God looks at you every single day and he looks at you and says, you are a brand new person. You are no longer the person that you used to be. And that's an incredible. In fact, I, I get into this rhythm. I, this is unpopular, but that's okay. I don't like to refer to myself or to other believers anymore as sinners. I'll, y'all get ready for this. Y'all going to think I'm like blasphemy. You ready? I don't even like the song, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know why? Because I am putting my old identity out there. I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm a, I'm a saint. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the king. Now, I still struggle with sin. We're not getting into that today. I've got a whole, I've got a whole sermon about the flesh and that, how that's different. If you want to talk to me about it afterwards, I'll walk you right through it. That's not the purpose of today. I don't even like to refer myself to myself as a sinner. Now, certainly there's times for that. As Paul would mention, he was the chiefest. Was, was the chiefest of sinners. Was. He was no longer. There's a brand new you today. And may I encourage you with that. The you that was riddled in your old nature, the you that was riddled and enslaved, enslaved to sin, you've been given a brand new nature. A brand new nature. You have died. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. He has given you a new nature. The great exchange in salvation was that your old nature left and was placed upon Jesus on the cross and he died for it and he gave you his righteousness. That's incredible news today. You have... A brand new mindset. You're a brand new you. Thirdly, you have a brand new future. And I promise you this is my shortest point. Look at verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. I believe Paul helps us here with the why. Why do we need a new mindset? Why are we a brand new person? Why should we seek the spiritual? Why should we focus on the eternal over the temporary? Why? It's because we should have the understanding spiritually and intellectually that we are residing with Christ. And ultimately, our eternal destination is with Him. Residing with Christ is our ultimate destination. And may I say there are a lot of details about the next life, the life that is to come. There are a lot of details that are somewhat left out, I believe, in, intentionally. Um, I believe that there's more, there's more teaching about the afterlife in country music and southern gospel music than there is in the Bible. Just throw that out there for you. Um, anyway, there's a lot I don't know about the life that's to come. Okay, there's a lot I don't know. But I will say this. I do know this. I do know one thing, and that is to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I do know this. I do know that my eternal destination 
is ultimately to be with him. When Christ has appeared, we will be with him in glory. I know that when I leave this life, that I will be with Jesus. I know that, no questions, period. I know that. To quote the verse specifically, 2 Corinthians 5.8, We are confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Paul says, I'm about to teach you, I'm about to talk to you about your works. I'm about to talk to you about your practical Christian living. But I want to make sure you understand that you're a brand new person. I want you to understand that you are no longer who you used to be. You are a brand new man. You're a brand new woman. You're a brand new teenager today. And I want to apply this in conclusion. I want to apply this in reverse. And I believe that will help us as we close this morning. Because we are secure in our eternal destination with Christ. Hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, heaven bound with the hammer down, right? That's what, they, that's what the old preachers used to say. We know our eternal destination is secure. To be absent from the body, present with the Lord. That brings us ultimate confidence. And because we are secure in our eternity with Jesus, and because we are a brand new person, we have been made new, we have been given a new nature. Our old nature has been replaced with the nature of Christ, the righteousness of Christ. Because those two things are true, my challenge to you today is to possess a spiritual mindset. To possess an eternal mindset. Because your eternity is settled in heaven with Jesus. And you are no longer of this world. You're no longer a sinner walking this earth. You are a saint and a son or a daughter of God, a child of the King. So let's set our minds. Let's set our affections. Let's set our priorities. Let's set our minds on Jesus. On the eternal. If we have a decision to make this week, and it will, it will positively impact our temporary, but it, it could negatively impact our eternity, let's make the opposite decision. If you're faced with a decision this week that could help you temporarily, but hurt you eternally, let's walk away. Let's make decisions this week that will impact us for eternity. Now, I believe that God oftentimes gives us these really cool moments where things impact us for eternity and they also impact us positively in the temporary. But that's not always the case. Let's seek the things that are above. Because of our brand new future and our brand new selves, let's have a brand new mindset. Listen, I'm done, closed. Okay, let's go about our week this week confident in who we are in Christ. Tracy is different than Aaron. But Tracy is Tracy in Christ and Aaron is Aaron in Christ. And there's also another Aaron back there. Um, but uh, E-R. All right. Confident in who we are in Christ. He has made us new. 
He is our righteousness. I know where I'm going one day. Man, that's ultimate confidence. So you know what? This week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think spiritually. I'm going to think eternally. I'm going to make decisions this week with eternity as my filter. With the spiritual as my filter. I want to invest in the things this week that will last forever. That doesn't mean that I don't invest in things that are temporary. I mean, the Bible teaches us to do that. But it means that my filter, my priority is going to be on the eternal. And if that means to some degree it's at the expense of the temporary, then that's okay. Because it's worth it. Paul says, Paul's about to walk through like, you need to start doing this and stop doing this. And you're a bad father and you're a bad husband. and you're, He's about to do all this stuff. But before he does that, he wants us to understand who we are. Who we are in Christ and where our minds ought to be. And may our minds be on the spiritual. On the things that are above. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.